Billy Crystal is late to the Oscars, Futurama makes its first return, and I gotta say it three times, Beetlejuice, 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 this week on 30-20-10. Welcome everybody to 30-20-10, the internet's pop culture time machine, where we look back at the world 30 20 and 10 years ago. This week we'll be talking about March 23rd to the 29th in the years 1988, 1998, and 2008, letting you know what movies, news, TV, games, diseases, I don't know, boner pills <laughs> that came out during this period. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm a woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown, Diana uh, Goodman. Oh, and real quick, 302010 listeners, we want to get to know you better. 302010 is competing with other shows to get the most responses to a quick survey. It will only take a couple minutes of your time, and you can do it from your phone. Help us out and support the show by going to wondery.com slash survey and filling it out. Once again, that's wondery.com slash survey. Anyway, yeah, there are, there are finally some excellent movies to talk about in this episode, as well yep. as some really good TV. Please don't go anywhere. As always, we begin in 1988, March 23rd through the 29th. A little bit of news, March 24th. What happened, Di? The very first McDonald's opened in a communist country. Congratulations, (laughs) Belgrade, Yugoslavia, a country that won't exist. It no longer exists. Yeah, a couple years. Do you think the McDonald's is still there, though? Maybe. I have I have two rubles. The two ruble menu can help me get a double cheeseburger. Am I doing a good? Is this offensive? Uh, probably. Is this offensive? I mean, commies, people in communist country were used to lining up for terrible things, so <laughs> McDonald's should work for just perfectly for them. Uh, uh. Oh, I should have looked more into it. I want to see if they have any like exclusives, like you know, in oh, other countries. We're like, they yeah, probably do. Turns out, not not everybody in the world likes salad dressing on their burger. Everyone gets beetroot. <laughs> Get beetroot. We cannot afford that much bread in Big Mac. <laughs> uh, but yes, yes, uh, that is that is in the news a little bit. Movies, 1988, March 23rd to the 29th. Uh, I have never heard of uh, this one, but it, I do want to see it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a film written and directed by Alan Oldham. Yeah, mm-hmm. a tremendous guy. Makes a. I didn't know he. I didn't know he tried his hand at so much writing and directing after MASH, because mm-hmm. he directed a bunch of MASH episodes. Yeah. But this is called A New Life, uh, stars Anne Margaret, Alan Alda, uh, Hal Linden, and Veronica Hamill. You never, ever wanted me when I wanted you that whole time. Think about it. Because most of the time, you didn't want me. You wanted sex. You're who I wanted it with. Steve and Jackie are splitting up. I also don't understand why she gets half my Knicks tickets. She doesn't like basketball. Who's Larry Bird? Who's Magic Johnson? To begin the one thing neither one of them is ready for. Oh, God. You've been rejected. You're entitled to have a little... Fun! You're gonna meet somebody. You'll fall in love. A new life. life. That's right, everybody. A divorce comedy. It's the 80s, and Alan Alan Alda, uh, he he looks like he walked into a salon like, hey, why don't you give me the Billy Crystal? I want the thinning, curly thing going. He looks so fucking 80s in this movie. Oh, God. Just bizarre. And I guess this is him, like, pretty sure. He was in a lot of Woody Allen films, and this he seems very. A lot, actually. No? Yeah, he popped up. Manhattan Murder Mystery? What am I thinking Maybe. of? Yeah, uh, but, pop up here and there, but it is sort of in that vein. It, yeah. it feels like it's got that sort of late Neil Simon, Woody Allen yes. kind of thing. Every thought I have about a relationship is important enough to make a movie about it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I read it as. But no, I've not seen it. And I didn't know he, he wrote and directed several other films. I yep. knew he directed Betsy's Wedding, which has the distinction of being my first rated R movie in a movie theater. Thank you, babysitter whose name I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, did, have you seen the next film we have to talk about, I, Diana? I haven't, but I kind of want to it's, because of just where it fits into the 80s teen comedy yeah. genre. That would be Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr., and Uma Thurman in Johnny Be Good. Anthony Michael Hall is Johnny Walker, <laughs> a modest young man. Get your mouth off her, Walker! Oh, you're dancing? <laughs> but he's about to hit the big time. Fight your own ticket. I'll give you anything you want. Spring break. Oh, Puerto Rico. Johnny, Johnny, just tell me what you want. I'll get you two of them. What do you like? You like girls? I don't... Is it miscasting to... I cannot imagine Anthony Michael Hall, that little wiener... Right. As a pro, as a, an, as a like a a football star, a football star, really? Yeah, I mean, that it's. Could... I mean, eventually he he bulks up, but at this point, no, we're we're not that long after like all the the John Hughesy movies. Yeah. So yeah, he looks kind of like how he did in like Breakfast Club. 
Yeah. Maybe and, he put on a little, like, it's hard to tell because he's wearing a big Letterman jacket. Like, I mean, yeah, did he start working out or something? And he's got his Breakfast Club co-star, Paul mm-hmm. Gleason, is in the movie. He's got hey. his Weird Science co-star, Robert Downey Jr., in the movie. Yeah. And one of the, I think it happened quite a bit because Robert Downey Sr. is a filmmaker, but he's in the movie, too. Oh. Uh, he is in Does the movie, he? too, with, with RDJ. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I, I know I saw this back in the day. It's just I don't remember being all that remarkable. But what I did find remarkable in looking into it, mm-hmm. Johnny Be Good. Mm-hmm. That's a song that everybody knows. Right. If you've seen Back to the Future, I'm pretty sure you've seen. You know what Johnny Be Good sounds like. Right. Who is uh, who was that invented by Marvin Berry? Marvin Berry wrote yeah, Back to the Future joke that never gets old to me. But it's the '80s. We got to update it. Oh, we got to no. have a new theme song. No, 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 no. And I just like Diana. Just take two wild stabs on who in the '80s you would have covered Johnny Be Good, a old timey rock and roll classic. Twisted Sister. No, I'm, I'm afraid not. Ah. I'm afraid not. Duran Duran. No, no. But it's, no. Uh, for some reason, that is uh, Judas Priest. Oh, geez. Judas Priest uh, will cover I Johnny B. Good. I wasn't far off with Twisted you were Sister not. You were not I far could, off at all. I could have gone just a little farther. Uh, but I, I believe this. they might have done this like s- separate from the movie. It's on the album Ram It Down, which I had for some reason. Look, it's no, it's not not a compliment to say Judas Priest. I prefer your own material. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe no cover songs. I've never heard them hear sound quite so <laughs> hair metal. No, I know. Aww. Judas Priest stuff holds up pretty goddamn well. But I think I'm gonna just go ahead and call that the best thing to come out of Johnny B. Good. Uh, uh, notable for me. Uh, uh, you know, the best of friends, Diana. Um, mm-hmm. The 1981 classic. It's that time again. The Fox and the Hound is re-released we into call theaters. This a classic. Yeah, dude, I love this movie. I haven't seen it since then. Coming to theaters, spring 1988. Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents. There they are. <laughs> the return of a modern animated classic. I'm a fox. I'm a hound dog. They're two friends sharing adventures. Two friends sharing fun. One. Love that. I love that. This is interesting, though, in that this is being released when one of the animators on this movie mm-hmm. is directing a movie that we're going to talk about in a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, uh, and it's, well, I think this had a real troubled history. Mm. And it's bizarre to think about because it's such a simple movie. It's like, mm. it's very, it has a very, I don't know, like back to basics approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not filled with a bunch of crazy numbers, it's just really pleasant and cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that comes from the voice acting. I got. I love pointing that out. Copper and uh, Todd, the fox and the hound, who become fast friends, even though society won't allow it. Mm-hmm. This was. This could have been read as subversive uh, for 1981. But uh, you have Corey Feldman and Keith Coogan, oh. and then they grow oh. up to be voiced by Kurt Russell and Mickey Rooney. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really do like the film, and it mm-hmm. has that that perfect like 80s scare that was in a lot of animation mm-hmm. like a terrible grizzly bear stuff a lot of gunplay mm-hmm. <laughs> but i yeah i think very soothing and i really really like the music so it, making a big deal of re-releasing it just seven years later i think that's probably going to strike people as weird because it it doesn't feel like it it's reached genuine bona fide classic status yeah. it, i don't think it performed all that well in 1981 no um and but that's that that's the schedule die every seven years a disney movie has to be re-released into theaters and it's the fox and the hound's turn it's probably i would guess it's the last time Especially as they're mm. we're about we're one year off from the Disney Renaissance, where they don't need to lean so heavily on their past. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what movie that is, but let's just say I like it a little. No, it's Little Mermaid. That's a terrible <laughs> tease. I'm not using that. Uh, but you've seen this movie, and this is uh, weird. Yeah. It has an English Spanish trailer. No kidding. Yeah. Women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen this. I'm, this I'm another Pedro Almodovar, Almodovar. joint uh, about a woman who breaks up with her boyfriend, and uh, there's, it's a very wacky comedy. Mm-hmm. It, it ends up there's a lot of running around and craziness, but also like heartfelt feelings, and also like uh, we're gonna drug the gazpacho and everyone's gonna pass out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's you know it's it's another one of his, you know Almodovar movies always makes him focused on women, but uh, really really young Antonio Banderas is usually there. Maybe he sings, maybe not. You never know. Um, it's so much fun. I really like. Would you con- is this considered like his worldwide breakthrough or American breakthrough? This was a big. It's got him a lot more attention okay. than like Live Flash had or previous stuff. Well, I feel like everything after this. 
I've seen readily available in yeah. all video stores. Time me up, time me down. Habla con ella. Yeah, but I, I'm ashamed I haven't seen. Yeah, it. this. I mean, this got a lot of uh, international attention because it's you know it's funny. It's like relatable. It's it's not as weird as a lot of his other stuff, mm-hmm. but it's still very silly. Yeah, I like it. No, I haven't I haven't seen an Almodovar movie that's funny in a very long time. So no, I'm... they usually have something funny in them, but not. It's hard to call a lot of them comedies. Mm-hmm. This one's just straight up a comedy. Wait a second. So this movie was number one at the box office, Biloxi Blues? Yeah. Have you seen it? A million years ago. So Matthew Broderick, uh, Christopher Walken, Penelope Ann Miller, for some reason, uh, not for some reason, I hate having to tell that story, Encore. I didn't mm-hmm. have HBO. I had a cheaper premium movie channel that cost $1.50. Mm. They played this movie every single day. And I loved every single second of it. It's pretty fun. It's great. Would I remember it as being pretty fun. I mean, it's adapted from the Neil Simon play. Yes, and, and I think his real-life experience. Right, um, of being, you know, a little schlubby Jewish kid who gets drafted and ends up in, what, like Alabama or Mississippi. Louisiana? Mississippi. Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, oh, of course. Derp. It's hard. To, I just don't see movies like that anymore. Like, mm-hmm. just simple stories from real life. And it's got, you got the camaraderie of the, the, the kids in basic training. But it kind of is my favorite Christopher Walken role. Because he now we see Chris, Christopher Walken's kind of a punchline. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do a lot of serious shit, and he's funny and menacing as the drill sergeant. I remember him having a scene with Matthew Broderick where he's got a gun on him. Yeah. That's menacing as hell. And I think it was on Inside the Actor Studio, Broderick told the story about how when you have guns on set, a lot of times, like, the actors will check them over, just, you know, they'll feel better and all that, and... Like he and Walken, like, oh, this is a prop gun. Okay, and they sort of check it over. Yeah, it's got blanks. Everything's cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they start filming, and Walken yells, Give me the other gun! And like runs off set and comes back with some oh, other shit. gun that Broderick <laughs> hasn't seen just to scare him. That sounds so Walken. I haven't killed anybody since 1984. That's so Walken. That's so. And all of this is so Walken. I, if you think about it, the perfect role for him is the drill sergeant. I have a long mm. indulgent clip. Okay. Because I, I, there's a couple lines I just. I, I haven't even heard these words come out of another human human being's mouth you doubt my veracity <laughs> like yeah like I, I love this character uh, and here he is dressing down the troops upon their first meeting I'd like you to answer when your name is called the answer to that question is ho not yes not right not here not sir any other unacceptable form of reply except the aforementioned ho am I understood Hello. Oh. 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 <laughs> peak David P. Ho. Wachowski, Joseph T. Ho. Selridge, Roy W. Ho. Carney, Donald J. Ho. Jerome, Eugene M. Ho. Epstein, Arnold B. Ho, ho. Everyone looks at him. Are there two Arnold Epsteins in this company? No, Sergeant. Just give me one goddamn ho. Yes, Sergeant. Epstein, Arnold B. Ho. One more time. Ho. Do I make myself clear, Epstein? Ho. Hey, Fred Astaire, you trying to tell me something? I have to go to the bathroom, Sergeant. How are you going to do that? We don't have bathrooms in the Army. They had them in Fort Dix. Not bathrooms, they didn't. Yes, they did. I went in them a lot. I'm telling you, we don't have any bathrooms on his base. You doubt my veracity? No, Sergeant. Then you got a problem, haven't you, Epstein? Ho, ho. You bet your ass, ho, ho. You know why you got a problem, Epstein? Because I have to go real bad. No, son, you got a problem because you don't know Army terminology. The place where a U.S. soldier goes to defecate, relieve himself, open his bowel, shit, fart, dump, crap, and unload <laughs> is called the latrine. Latrine, from the French. <laughs> Won't tell us what's funny about that, Jerome. Well, it's just that you said all those words in one sentence, Sergeant. Yeah, sorry for the indulgence scene. But I, I, did, I have not seen this movie in forever, but I probably watched it like once every two days thanks to the Encore channel. Mm. Cheap good movies, that's what they used to specialize in back in the mm-hmm. late 90s. Uh, but you got I can't believe that was number one at the box office. I, I had never heard of it until I saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. The movie I heard of that kind of changed my world. Yep. And which will be number one next week. God, thank you. Yeah, where uh, word of mouth is going to help this movie out a lot. Oh, and what movie could that be? Let's find out. From the director of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? 
Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. Love this movie. I love so fucking this much. movie so much. This is the kind of movie that's like, I kind of am amazed it got made. I love to tell people to imagine a scenario. Ask your friend to be a big shit studio executive and you try and sell them on Beetlejuice. In a pitch, <laughs> it sounds fucking insane. It sounds absolutely insane. And then they go to a miniature town and meet a ghost and then they haunt. It's fucking, <laughs> it is so awesome. I don't know. It's just, and everything is done in such sparing doses. Uh, when it gets really wacky, it's really fun. The, the design is like just that perfect Tim Burton design. It's not mm. distracting. Wonderful special effects. Tons of stop motion stuff. Tons of, tons of, tons of what would you call it? Like pleasantly macabre. Yeah. Like PG grotesque shit. Like pe- yeah. they go into uh, the afterlife, and you just see people hanging by their necks, going by, <laughs> gliding by. Yeah. And or yeah, the magician's assistant who's been cut, who's in half. sawed in half. But it's a PG <laughs> comedy, and it's just it's just good. It's really fucking good, and it looks gorgeous uh, mm. on Blu-ray. I love Beetlejuice so I much. I have so many things to say. Me too. I love the score. Yeah. Is timeless. Maybe Danny Elfman's best work. Kind of, it's it's really high up there. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's hard to imagine someone else making this movie. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine casting someone besides like Winona Ryder, who's absolutely perfect. And my mom used to compare me to all the time because I dress in black and be sullen about things. And she'd be like, <laughs> like the girl in Beetlejuice. And I'm like, my whole life is a dark room. Well, that's an important one. Long <laughs> dark room. That's an important thing to bring up. The casting. Yeah, because it's weird. Well, it, and just how this flows in that, like, it seems bizarre. But Tim Burton made Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which somehow, boom, you got a golden ticket. We'll make whatever mm-hmm. you want. He didn't write Ghostbusters. He found it and reshaped it. Ghostbusters. Oh, sorry, Beetlejuice. <laughs> he uh, and and like, let's remember that like everyone in this movie hadn't been in a Tim Burton movie before. Mm. But uh, Michael Keaton would go on like everybody thought he was nuts when Tim Burton cast him as Batman. Yep. Winona Ryder would be in a bunch of Tim Burton stuff. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, mm-hmm. um, Catherine O'Hara. She um, kills it in this. Who plays Ortho? I love that guy. Oh, um, God. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Shaddix. <laughs> Glenn Shaddix, yeah. yeah. Ortho's the best. Like, all, like a lot of people in this movie would go on to become Tim Burton staples in pretty much everything he did. Mm. Uh, and I just, we instantly fell in love with this. Yeah. I remember we, my friend Shit Steve and I would rent it almost every other weekend. And we would just bring out all the stuffed animals and dance our asses off. <laughs> who didn't care who was watching to every Harry Belafonte song. That's, that's a good point. It brought Harry Belafonte to all the kids. Like Dude. all the kids in my school like all knew like Harry Belafonte songs yeah. after this. It's, I think it's a It's like just yeah. the first thing you hear in the movie <laughs> as, the, as the Geffen thing comes up. But yes, really great effects. Really fun horror comedy. We do, we did a commentary for it if you'd like to hear yeah. it. And we'll walk you all the way through it. You can get that uh, by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash laser time or get it a la carte on uh, lasertime.bandcamp.com. We prefer you become a patron, then you'll have access to hundreds of commentaries that we've done. You never have to watch movies alone again. It supports us. This is one of those movies that's like, I try to think of a movie that's like it, Mm -hmm. and I have trouble thinking of one. I don't think there's much quite like it. Yeah. In just sort of its tone, its visual style, its, its sense of humor, its performances. Like... Everyone forgets Alec Baldwin's in this movie. Alex, Alec Baldwin and Gina Alec, Davis are the stars. They, they Everyone they, forgets it's Alec Baldwin. And they are murdered by a dog <laughs> 10 minutes into the movie. Our heroes are murdered. And they get to travel to the afterlife. And they're trying to run the new occupants of their house out right. by haunting them. And they can't do it because the family is so kooky. Uh, they kind of think it's awesome that the house is haunted. And they have to rely on the services of Beetlejuice. And I remember this in terms of Beetlejuice, what a fucking great Michael Keaton performance. I swear yeah. I never saw him do anything like that again but there's a couple scenes at the end of The Founder where he gets really <laughs> mad and like holy shit he can still do Beetlejuice <laughs> holy shit he can still do Beetlejuice uh, but yes this movie absolutely fantastic uh, I cannot recommend Beetlejuice enough there is apparently what was the story with that like he was Warner Brothers wanted him to make a sequel and he didn't right. so it, but he was being paid to anyway and he turned in something called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian right a, a, sort of like a fuck you there's no way you're making this movie <laughs> And sure enough, I don't think I don't know if it's still called that, but uh, Beetlejuice is being worked on. The, like Winona Ryder has talked about it on talk shows. We are in active pre-development of uh, Beetlejuice Two, whatever you want to call it. Please no, don't call it Beetlejuice Two. Just leave it. Yeah. Please just leave it. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just well, leave it as its thing. 
Michael Keaton's performance as Beetlejuice, it shares something with Hannibal Lecter because I think they have about the same amount of screen time. You, wow. The only thing yeah. that bums me out when I watch it now, I'm like, dude, Beetlejuice is barely in this. It's like yeah. 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but he steals every fucking scene. Yep. Nice. Boom. Nice fucking model. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real good use of if you got one fuck that you can say in a yeah. PG-13 movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, I love this so much. And this is just part of that part of that period where you it was so easy to love Tim Burton. Like yeah. you're just leaning right into Edward Scissorhands and Batman after this. God damn. Yep. God damn. But oh, Beetle- yeah, he's on a roll. Yeah. Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. Those are my favorite Tim Burton movies. I thoroughly recommend you see it if you have not already. But Jesus. Yeah. If you haven't seen it in a million years, rewatch it. I totally. watched it uh, maybe five years ago and the whole time I'm still like the whole time I just kept thinking like, how did this get made? How did this get totally. made? Totally. <laughs> how did this get made? It's so weird. That scene at the end when just Gina Davis's body is just corroding in front of you. It's ah. like it's fucking horrifying in a comedy. I love it so much. <laughs> Beetlejuice, watch it everybody. And in the cartoon. Also not bad. It's pretty cute. Not bad. Yeah. Uh Beetlejuice. Sing its praises. It's that time. It's that time of year. Oh, God. And as if I hadn't talked enough already. Uh, Got to go into TV of this week. What are we looking at here? March 20, 23rd to the 29th. Um, sorry, Diana. Uh, I got I to gotta bore you with these details. For some okay. reason, this bowled me the fuck over. March 25th, Disney uh, airs on ABC. Or NBC, I forget. Totally Minnie. Minnie, had, Minnie Mouse had never had a starring role in anything. But all of a sudden, not only got her own special... But I think they tried to launch a line of products, and for some reason I saw the special, and I got the record. So as a little boy, I was rocking out to Minnie Mouse singing 80 songs about girl talk and going to the mall. I loved it. I loved that album. Uh, but this special is all about celebrating Minnie Mouse, and it is one of the most 80s things you'll ever see. Okay. There's a bunch of cameos. Uh, Suzanne Summers plays the director. Vanna White plays herself. And in one of the most 80s sequences ever, in like a pastel room... You find Revenge of the Nerds, Robert Carradine, and a dog wearing sunglasses. <laughs> They're watching TV, and a mini pops up to tell uh, this nerd that she could change his life. Hi, I'm Minnie Mouse, here to ask a very important question. Does this remind you of anyone? You Ooh. sometimes feel a little unsure of yourself. Do you embarrass yourself acting like a nerd? <gasps> oh, Is life no. passing you by? If you can relate, and I know you can, don't give up. Inside every frog is a prince. <laughs> Come see me at my fabulous new Minnie Mouse Center for the totally unhip. Imagine, this man didn't know how hip what? he could be. But with our help, he's now a totally cool guy with a multi-picture deal at a major Hollywood studio. And that picture is Eddie Murphy's buckwheat to just regular Eddie Murphy and he's not in the special <laughs> like I don't know what why they did that the hell I also I think that's a famous dog too I think that's the dog from Down Out in Beverly Hills oh and because Diana you, you so so beautifully get, delighted me with a certain appearance by a certain voiceover artist last time mm-hmm. let me hit you with this totally hip call 555-4477 that's 555 hip operators are standing by that's Don Pardo in there as well and of course it he, she does a du- like an animated duet. They're trying on a TV budget to have a dance sequence uh, with none other than Sir Elton John, oh, who sings okay. Don't Go Breaking My Heart with oh, Minnie Mouse no. as they wander around a, a pier carnival. Oh, this looks so awful. So don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> I won't go breaking your It's... Okay, so they had him do a <laughs> dance number where they just filmed him off center. Yeah. And then just sort of slapped Minnie Mouse in next to him. I mean, it's 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 not Anchors Away quality for you old school animation fans. <sighs> this but is it's a, awful. It's a, it's a TV budget. And let's remember, like, Minnie has so few fucking appearances. She has more appearances on product than actual yeah. entertainment. And this... But her center for the, critic, the, the critically unhip or something, it is, <laughs> she's just serving men. It's... I understand why ladies wouldn't like this now. This sucks. It does suck. 
But I, hey, look, I loved it as a little boy. I was, she was, Minnie was my first crush, but this specific version of Minnie with mm-hmm. a big Tiffany bow yep. uh, and, and just pastel colors all over the place. I love this. It was like a relaunch of Minnie Mouse. It didn't really take, the, but um, there, she's pretty popular with little girls now as a big huge yeah, line of stuff she's i mean she's fun but i mean when i think like who's the coolest character <laughs> i can think of no no never many no never many no oh, all right no. But squaresville daddy totally many it aired that week uh march 26 abc airs the world figure skating uh championships yay uh and on march 28th there's the tv movie premiere of addicted to his love then he had a very special way with women hello beautiful he sounds perfect and he used it for all they were worth if it's just money that's the problem i can let you sell you know i'm out almost six thousand dollars because of this guy now they're getting even the desire for revenge addicted to his love after MacGyver. <laughs> Uh, I love that not quite Robert Palmer, Robert Palmer song. And we got Barry Bostwick back again. Asshole! You might as well get used to it. You're addicted to his love. <laughs> uh, yes, but also that was a big week for miniseries. Uh, Link- Lincoln. Lincoln. The Gorvidal's Lincoln. Gorvidal. Based on the Gorvidal book, a, like a, how many nights was this? A 188-minute multi-part yeah. Lincoln series. Right. Uh, but with... good casting. Yeah. Good casting. Sam Waterston is Lincoln mm-hmm. and Mary Tyler Moore is Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> is actually really good. For a million years, even on like Law & Order, I see Sam Waterston. I kind of think like, yeah, it's that guy who played Lincoln. <laughs> it still sticks with me. Just, it's so good. Pursue the enemy and cut him off before he reaches the torch. Oscar nominee Sam Waterston. Fire! Two sons dead. My God, isn't that enough? Emmy winner, Mary Tyler Moore. John Houseman, Richard Mulligan, and an all-star cast in the world premiere miniseries, Gore Vidal's Lincoln, next. Gore Vidal's Lincoln. Gore Vidal's Lincoln. Another one you can show the kids in history class (laughs) when you just want to take a smoke break. Uh, and an episode of something I quite enjoyed, uh, March 29th, The Wonder Years, My Father's Office. Hmm. Uh, when I was rewatching the series, this episode stuck stuck out to me. Just I didn't grow up in this era, but like sons' relationship to their fathers are a little complicated. Like, but he's also like a Mr. Ar- Mr. Arnold's the prototypical dad. He just doesn't talk to his kids. Hmm. Comes home from work, give me a drink, call me when there's dinner. I'm gonna go watch TV, and nobody can fuck with him. Kind of a surly dude. So he, but for one day, Kevin shadows him at work. And gets to see, like, so many other sides of his dad, like, being berated by his boss. Hmm. Uh, it, I don't know. I just, this episode really stuck out to me. Hmm. That just shadowing his dad for a day at the, at the office. And The Wonder Years is just a really wonderful program. I don't know why I mention it, because there's almost no way to watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone. Uh, and that concludes uh, the TV for that week. Only bit of game news we've had in weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard Lincoln and Manoru Arakawa of Nintendo... <laughs> Sign a contract. That, you want to try that again? Uh, Arakawa uh, sign a contract of Nintendo. Sign a contract with representatives of uh, Electro Electronica of the USSR uh, of the wor- to sign the worldwide home video game rights to the game Tetris. Whoa. I believe a few months ago we talked about the Tengen Tetris that originally had the license, but Nintendo went in, scooped up, and got it exclusively and pulled that one off of shelves. And that's why it's rare. Hmm. Uh, but yes, that's, that begins that begins the world's association with Tetris. It helped launch the Game Boy. It kind of changed everything for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a game that important to launching a portable console like that. Uh, but it happened. And it, the deal was the ink was uh, fresh on March 22nd. And that is all the game news I have for <laughs> 1988. I apologize. Uh, music from 19, 1988, March 23rd through the 29th. You have new releases. Uh, Chalkmark, on, Chalkmark in a Rainstorm by Joni Mitchell. Heart Attack by Crocus. World's Greatest Entertainer by Dougie Fresh. Out of the Silent Planet, uh, the debut of King X's Push by uh, Bros and Lefty by Art Garfunkel. Wow, he did do stuff on his own. Yeah, that's like his seventh or eighth or ninth solo album. Is like it? he put out a lot of solo albums. Yeah. Did he ever have like a legitimate hit that anybody would know about? Didn't write a cool song for the Garfield soundtrack. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, but of course, Rick Astley's never going to give you up is uh, number one, and will remain that way for the next 30 years. <laughs> uh, but we'll close out this segment, 1988, with Endless Summer Nights by Richard Marks. It is uh, number two in the charts this week. Hang on tight, people. When we see you again, we'll be in 1998.
invasion begins. <laughs> Bust out the hair gel. Coming in with I Want You Back by NSYNC. Uh, off of their debut self-titled album released this week in the U.S. 20 yep. years ago. Yep, it had been out everywhere else. Oh, that's right, because the Europeans were a little more susceptible to boy bandery. Yeah, the... they were into the boy bandery already, so they they had already they already had a huge audience. Yeah, they just hadn't broken into the U.S. And America was still, was just shaking off its the, the shackles of grunge and respectable <laughs> music. Uh, I'm just kidding. Insync rules. Uh, but yes, that has to let you know we're in 1998, March 23rd oh, yeah. to the 29th. Getting Jiggy with Will Smith is still number one on the charts, though. Uh, we also have new releases uh, from other bands. Space Heater by Reverend Horton Heat. Head Trip and Every Key by Super Drag. Guilty Till Proved Innocent by The Specials. Uh, a Rose is Still a Rose by Aretha Franklin. Her 37th album. Yeah. And Feeling Strangely Fine by Semisonic. And I've been waiting to talk about this news the entire episode. <laughs> this week in 1998, March 23rd through the 29th. What happened on the 27th, Diana? Viagra was approved by the Federal Drug Administration. I love that important distinction because, like, we already knew about Viagra. Like, the yeah. whole world did. It had been a punchline for oh, it feels like two years. Yeah. And it was just the public sort of waiting for this thing to become legal. Well, it's sort of, it started out as like the kind of Jay Leno mm -hmm. kind of joke where like this news came out as like they were testing this heart medication mm -hmm. and it was giving everyone boners. <laughs> Wait, really? That's exactly That's what, a, it started as it a has heart. It a silly putty story? Yes, it started as a heart medication <laughs> and it was giving all the test subjects boners. Even the women? Yeah, yes, lady boners. <laughs> and so it just became like, that's already just a, ah, how do you list that on the side effect? Ah, I wouldn't mind one of those. And it was just the joke for ages. And mm -hmm. so they, they stumbled upon this drug that has this incredible side effect. Wow. And so they figured out how to use it just for that. And as the, you know, the first drug that's specifically targeted for erectile dysfunction. And then that became an issue of like, how do you say erectile dysfunction? Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, do you say impotence? You can't say impotence. I mean, so they call it, they start with erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so it's so weird when do you, you have like, a cold noodle. I don't, I don't know how yeah, else it's like when it. you watch football and you listen to them talk about, you know, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, it's like that, when that started, that was so weird. Like, you can't say, sh <laughs> you can't say shit on TV, but you can talk about lengthy erections that make you call your doctor. Yeah, I think not, no man nor woman wants to think about. Four hours worth of erection, like no, nobody I mean, wants well, that. And then of course, there's that joke saying, like, "If you get uh, erection lasting longer than four hours, call more girls." Call <laughs> <them>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something's wrong with the vasoconstrictive thing, and you're gonna die. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So that was, I mean, it's huge. That that's yeah. All of a sudden, there's a drug, and it fixes this very specific problem. Now, now, man, oh, the senior centers are rocking. <laughs> uh, I don't want like that's that's the only thing I don't like about it. The thought of old people having sex. It's just it's just not right. They were doing it before Viagra. They're oh, just doing it more don't now. Don't talk about it. Yep. Also, a uh, little bit of news. What else we got? Okay, I had to throw this in here because. <laughs> Because I am a copy editor, and so I'm a headline dork. So I looked it up. March 28th, Queen Elizabeth II visits a pub for the very first time in her life. <laughs> what? Is this? A, is, she's not running for re-election. Why is she going to have a beer with the boys? Yeah, so they, these folks at a 900-year-old uh, pub in Topsham, Devon, like, wrote her a letter or something, or she talked, whatever. She decided, let's go down to the pub. So, so she went down to this pub and realized she'd never been in a public bar before. Wow. And the reason I remember this is because, like I said, I'm a copy editor, so I'm a headline dork. <laughs> I tried to figure out which newspaper it was, and I couldn't find it. But the headline, there was a picture of her standing out in front of the pub, like, hello, with her hat and her little purse. And the headline was, sorry, ma'am, you have to wait till 11 a.m. like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do you remember something like that? It's a great Jesus headline. Christ. That's You're, a great headline. It is a great because headline. Because I'm imagining her at like 9 a.m. with her face up against it. Hello! It is a great headline. God damn. Hello! Oh. I have you executed! <laughs> no, I don't like IPAs! I want my shandy! <laughs> Get him, Colgis! <laughs> Uh, holy shit! I wonder. I wonder how many drinks she had. I'll try to find that out. There, I you don't have... think. I think she just sort of walked around and said, "Oh, this is nice. No, lovely. Oh, um, people sit here, do they? Um, I'm sure she'd be happy. Titanic they, was still number one. They exchange money for goods and services. <laughs> you say? Fascinating. What a concept. My 
who carries you to bed? <laughs> um, and yes, moving to the movies of 1998, Titanic, still numero uno. Yep. We have. I have never seen something, especially for this era where I was really paying attention and seeing everything. I have mm-hmm. never seen this movie, this many movies that I haven't heard of. Yeah. And actually, some of them are Meet the Deedles. I kind of remember. Uh, um, I remember it looking hideous. It's like a Disney dude. Where's my car? Uh, movie, just oh. uh, brain dead surfer dudes, but it has Paul Walker in it. So, do they have blue hair in the movie? No, that's just the cover. Okay, Cause cause they're that's surfer very bros. confusing. They're surfer bros. Uh, Man with guns. I have never heard of it. That's a John Sayles movie. Okay, um, that's his follow up to Lone Star, which was a big indie hit in '96 that you should all watch because it's fucking great. He turned around after all this like independent film awards and stuff, and he made a movie in Mexico all in Spanish. Hmm. It's actually called. Uh, Hombres Armados. Hombres Armados. It's supposed to be pretty good, mm. but what? What can you tell me about Ride Movie Genius? Nothing. <laughs> Ride starring Malik Yoba, Melissa DeSosa, and John Witherspoon. I like John Witherspoon. Uh, no looking back, I now am remembering the trailers because uh, Lauren Holly falls in love with bon John, bon, John Bon Jovi, yeah. uh, house painter or something like that. Or am I thinking of a different film? You might be thinking of a different. I know which one you're thinking of. If it's John Bon Jovi as a house painter, but this Boys is Boys on the Side. What am I thinking here? Oh no, <laughs> Valentino. Yes, oh my thank God! You. I saw that at a free screening in college. That's why we do this. Um, <laughs> Moonlight Valentino for the win. Yeah, this one's what written, directed, and starring Ed Burns, which is not a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that 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 went south real fast, yeah. real fast. Uh, Ed Burns, not a mark of quality. Uh, and but we also have some things that some people did see. A Price Above Rubies, starring I've Renee Zellweger. Okay. I didn't like it. <laughs> did you? Sonia is about to enter a world she thought she knew. It must be overwhelming for you. Man, new city, a new family. Where marriages are arranged. I'm your husband, Sonia. I told him you were needed here at home, and that was the end of it. And judgment is swift. This is like the most NPR sounding movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so, uh, Renee Zellweger's a Hasidic Jew. I, I believe it. Yeah. Whatever. You know, hey, we come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah. So she's a Hasidic Jewish lady, but she's very like sensual. And then mm. she has to repress all that. And then she like starts hanging out with this, I want to say like Puerto Rican street artist mm-hmm. or something. Who's like, I remember there being a kid in it, <clears throat> like a teenager who's like a really bad actor. Mm. And, oh, um, no. It, it just no it's just not I didn't find it terribly interesting I mean I I kind of want to see there aren't very movies about there aren't a lot of movies about Hasidic Jews mm-hmm. and the ones there are are about men and the, there is one about a woman from a woman's point of view it's interesting it's just not a very good movie mm. sorry uh, probably, probably neither is this I remember really wanting to see this because it looked like uh, it looked like this launch pad for a bunch of leading men who ended up not being ready for leading men status mm. uh, did you say it was Richard Linklater? Yep, Richard Linklater's New- Newton Boys. The Newton Boys, based off the real-life bank robbers. 20th Century Fox presents... Welcome, boys. ...the true story of one family who became the most successful gang of bank robbers in history. Addy. Buddy. Here's a bank robbery, and I want all your money. All the bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got Matthew McConaughey. Here, the, okay, diminishing returns, you moved down the list. Matthew McConaughey, Ethan Hunt. Vincent D'Onofrio and Skeet Ulrich. Ethan Hunt? Sorry, what is it? Ethan Hawke, yes. Mission Impossible. My bad, my bad. Um, I have not... some good actors, though, man. It and does. Especially, you put them in some nice three-piece suits and... It does that. Is Set them any... out in the depression era, you know, a bunch of depression cars. They're getting on running boards and shit. I really I, wanted to see this, and the reviews savaged this. it. Oh, yeah, and, but that's Richard Linklater for you. There's not like a thing he won't try, and then move on from to, the next year is a completely different thing. Mm. Um, but I, I for some reason. Saw this movie while I was home for Christmas on my parents' cable plan. Uh-huh. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. I saved it for last. This holiday season, get ready for an adventure as big as your imagination. As Barney the Purple Dinosaur invites you to share the excitement. Don't you think that this is lots of fun? Dreams are fancy free. Oh, God. And I, I'm, oh, my God. I'm not the type of person who shits on children's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Teletubbies, whatever. It's fine. It's just when you make a movie out of it with a real cinematographer and locations and like a budget this i mean it's got a neat looking sets here that we're seeing and i i on a whim recently well a couple years ago decided to check out follow that bird the Mm -hmm. sesame street movie it's fucking excellent it holds up real well it is not for preschoolers it is just a kid's movie but this 
is unwatchable. <laughs> this is unwatchable if you're not under five. And I remember uh. that, that that complaint being about Barney and like, whatever, mm-hmm. it's a fucking kid show. Who cares? But when you sneak this on a real movie channel and try and put it in my <laughs> eyes, it was like fucking offensive. How many times can you sing the I love you, you love me? It's a fucking movie, man. Time's important. Shave it down. He does it three times in the film. Uh, and, he, and he constantly sings like the dumbest fucking songs that sound improvised. And then you... It's like that's... It's on my Instagram. It's just him doing that uh, in a restaurant. I don't even know where the real Barney takes place. It looks like absolute shit. Like the Sesame Street movie, I don't know, the Muppets had a good way of integrating with the real world mm-hmm. uh, when, when you, they removed them from the Muppet Show stage. But this does not. Like, there's no point you don't look at this as like, that is a, that is a shitty sub-Disneyland suit. Mm-hmm. And the movie sucks. It's paced horribly. It's just, it's so fucking bad. I couldn't look away. The love story was unconvincing. <laughs> I didn't need the sex scene. The gunfights were really not believable. And, and I don't even remember what the plot was because it's so fucking irrelevant. Uh, I hate I hate to be so mean, <laughs> but this is one of the worst movies I've seen in recent memory. Barney's Great Adventure, if I need to say it again. Let's get out of the movies and go into TV of 1998. Because, Diana, mm-hmm. we got a little Academy Awards action. Ooh, doggy. Uh, yeah, do we want to run through real quick? Hosted by Billy Crystal, uh, aired March 23rd. You'll never guess what won Best Picture. What Titan- has dominated Titanic this Titanic won everything. Titanic won. I Titanic think... is now tied for the record of most Oscars. Yeah, but also Kim Basinger won for Ellie Confidential, one of your favorite movies. Yep. And uh, Robin Williams took home an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. That was yep. pretty neat, too. Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck took out an Oscar for writing Goodwill Hunting in a movie. Did we not talk about The Full Monty? It won for Best Original No, we talked musical? about The Full okay. Monty. I, I strongly folks. defended the full Monty. I think it, okay. it, it still works. It still holds up. Yeah, I remember this uh, mostly because I, I remember this one because it has one of the moments that makes me mm. bum they don't do Lifetime Achievement Awards during the show anymore. They have like their own separate thing yeah, to try to keep the show lean and they mean. They didn't edit down. So they have like a separate awards banquet where they do like the Lifetime Achievement Awards, the Humanitarian Awards. And this is one of the reasons why I'm really sad because Stanley Donnan, uh, director going way back to the 50s, co-directed Singing in the Rain, directed Funny mm. Face, and, you know, also did a lot of musicals, but also did, like, a lot of other, like, really, really good stuff. He finally got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, 90 or mm-hmm. something at the time, or, like, in his 80s, and he he does a little song and dance number. It's so cute. He he holds the Oscar up to his face, and he starts singing Cheek to Cheek, and he does a little soft shoe. <laughs> and it's, like, the cutest heart thing. My is it's so so <laughs> adorable that you just like you just want to hug your grandpa and my grandpa wasn't and there. Obviously, we don't have a clip of it. It sounds pretty visual, but like yeah, it was pretty visual. Are the Oscars ever going to like reveal this fucking footage? Because didn't you were like yeah. tra- digitally transcribing your tapes of the Oscars because they've like buried all the they footage. They bury so much of it. They, they do. They have gotten a lot better about releasing stuff online. online. They've gotten there. They don't release like the whole program though. Yeah. They'll just be like, "Here was Best Actor, 1958." I mean, I, which you, is it's a start. It's interesting to watch, like, you know, Charlton Heston's speech for mm-hmm. for Ben Hur. It's like I don't My know what this. My God, yeah, yeah, we'll get to him. Um, yeah, so yeah, I just it's these little moments, you know, especially the Lifetime Achievement Awards. Mm-hmm. You know, Charlie Chaplin coming out crying, putting putting the little bowler hat back on. It's uh-huh. like it's the sweetest thing. And you've had you have to tell me about these things because I have no ability to see them. Yep. God damn it, Oscars. Yep. Um, also, a notable debut the next day, March twenty fourth. MTV's True Life debuts. Really? Yeah, and I think I I don't know if it's still on the air, but it had a good run because it's not. Really, it has no singular focus. It's just a mm-hmm. short documentary series, and the topic is different every time. It kicked off with Fatal Dose, I, a documentary I absolutely remember watching about a small, like heroin use in small town America. Wow! It's where I remember learning how Europe was dealing with heroin. It sounded like baffling. You mean they give them heroin and let them do it in this center? Yep. Under <laughs> supervision, so they don't overdose and use clean needles, and it's and it's actually. Re- and then offer rehabilitation options, and it's reducing. And we haven't come anywhere close to adopting that in any way yet. No, nope. um, twenty years. Yeah. Twenty years. Also on March twenty sixth, an episode of Friends aired. I don't know Friends that well, but I do remember it mm-hmm. because it's a very boy centric premise. The one with the free porn. Hey, whoa, is this porn? <laughs> what did I do? I must have hit something on the remote. Do we pay for this? <laughs> no, we didn't even pay our cable bill. Maybe this is how they punish us. (laughs) 
Maybe we shouldn't pay our phone bill. Free phone sex. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't pay our gas bill. Oh, Joey and Chandler. So, yes, they... And I remember... You know that cliche joke of what, trying to watch scrambled porn, and mm. so, uh, you could hear it perfectly <laughs> uh, over cable. And but you know, as a little boy, you look at it like, oh shit, the wave just—I saw something, I mm. saw something—and you don't want to move. So I think part of the episode is about them. Nobody do anything, <laughs> or we'll lose the free porn. Don't get anywhere near the television. Just keep it playing through dinner. Yes, uh, we do not want to lose the free porn. Uh, but yes, that aired. March 29th, this Sim- uh, Simpsons Tide episode of The ah. Simpsons Series, the In the Navy episode, right. where Homer joins the Navy, as does Mr. Moe. And uh, I could not get a clip of that, but I really wanted to. And on March 29th, uh, BBC America is born. Yay! Yay, we don't have to wait for PBS to buy and localize yeah. their shit anymore. Man, for the first bunch of years, though, they had about four hours of programming. And really? it just re-ran over and over and, and over. I always bitch about channel drift. You know what? is mainly on the channel now Star Trek the next generation yep, like all day long there's a whole bunch of Star Trek on there all day long do you really still want to call this BBC America I, usually in the evening they'll, they'll have some, it's true. some stuff and you they, know but well, it, it introduced it introduced me and I think a lot of other people to stuff that we probably wouldn't have seen like okay. Graham, Graham Norton I I, I, yeah, okay. I hadn't seen even when I was in the UK I hadn't really heard of Graham Norton because I didn't have a TV and then, uh, yeah, when they start showing on BBC America, hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this show is the best. Yeah, but that's Why what, are we not seeing this? It's kind of what I always wanted it to be, though. Like, I, I kind of want, want to watch what England is watching as they're watching it. Yeah. And what NPR yeah. does in my hometown at 2 a.m. It's just BBC Live. Good morning, everyone. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that is it for TV, notable TV stuff. One notable game uh, for the Need for Speed, Need for Speed fans. Uh March 25th, Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit. Uh, Need for Speed was a, a ragtag little car game that uh, just grew and grew and grew. And this mm-hmm. one added a heavy focus on police pursuits. It It's the third Need for Speed game, but Hot Pursuit would get a Hot Pursuit 2, eventual Hot Pursuit reboot. And the, the one from a couple years ago is one of my favorite games to play online of all time. I want to see mm-hmm. if those servers are still up. It's really good. I love Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Uh, but that came out. And that... Just about wraps up our show. Um, we want you to leave a comment at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. That's 98. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's closing time. Threw it's... you off, didn't it? I thought about closing the show at closing time. <laughs> it totally did. But, uh, yeah, I seriously thought about, oh, oh I'll my move, God. I'll move that to the end of the show, but no. Oh, my God, I'm leaving this in. Um, <laughs> Do you want to switch it around? We can close no, closing no, time. No, no, no. Just let's close, close out 98. It's, it's, this song uh, is was so ubiquitous. I, went, I hated it. And I've gone back to like, no, this is a perfectly pleasant song. Evocative like of the area. I like this song. Era. Uh, Semisonic's closing time. We will close out this segment uh, <laughs> and return for 2008. Stay tuned, people. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. Here. I know who I want to take me home the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of march 23rd through march 29th yay we finally have something i want to talk about uh not 50 years ago this week in 1968 as uh what the wild racers starring fabian i'm sure it's fine uh what i really want to talk about is 75 years ago this week march 25th 1943 sanshiro sugata was released the first film directed by akira kurosawa one of the best filmmakers of all time. I have been on a mission to watch every Kurosawa film, and I haven't hit a bad one yet. I've watched more than a dozen, and and they've each one's been on, like is better than the last. It, it drives me insane. I haven't seen much of his mid-war product. Obviously, it's 1943, and it's Japan, so he's making 
these making propaganda movies, which apparently he did not like, and he disavowed some of these earlier films. So it gives me a chance to recommend some great Kurosawa films, of which there are many. Let's just go with the easy call then. Uh, Seven Samurai is is a masterpiece. Um, yeah, it's long. It's, it's like two and a half, pushing three hours. But not, I don't think there's a boring moment in it. Uh, you want something shorter, there's uh, Rashomon, which uh, is good. At least I remember it that way. About, you know, a, uh, a bandit who uh, attacks a couple, and then it, the story is told four different versions. You see everyone's perspective. Jeez, what else is Ran, which is a version of King Lear that's one of the most stunningly beautiful movies I've ever seen. And it's directed when he was losing his eyesight. Throne of Blood has probably the best climax of any movie ever when it comes to action scenes. Um, they got a bunch of college students to just shoot arrows at Toshiro Mifune, and um, he looks terrified, and because it's kind of all real, and it's great. So please, if you have not seen a Kurosawa film, do yourself a favor, watch one of those, pretty much any of them, honestly. Uh, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming into 2008 with Salute Your Solution off of uh, Consulars of the Lonely by the Raconteurs. Jack White's band. Yep. Yes, we are in March 23rd to the 29th. You have now entered the 2008 sequence. Um, I swear, it's going to get interesting. Uh, we have new releases in other music as well. Saturday Nights and Sunday Morning by The Counting Crows. Reason to Believe by Pennywise. Uh, Diamond Ho-Ha by Supergrass. Fun Flex by the B-52s. And Accelerate by R.E.M. I think this is the first time ever I have owned an album from every band in the 2008 segment. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Love in this Club by Usher is still number one, though. Uh, news for 2008. What's what's all this, D? What? Uh, March 24th, Bhutan hosts its very, ha- holds its first election ever after hmm. dropping an absolute monarchy. <laughs> when, when to drop the monarchy? They dropped the monarchy... Willingly? Willingly, apparently. Um, I should have dug more into this (laughs) because I love... For 2008, some of these news stories, when I pull up a story, it's like, why didn't I hear about this? Yeah. It's kind of news when a country gets rid of absolute monarchy and starts holding public elections. I spent the the last 10 years talking about Viagra. There's no time. I don't know, but I mean, most of us can't find Bhutan on a map. Bhutan, I know I can't. I know I can't. Yeah, but good for them. I, I hope it worked out. And yes, sadly, uh, the movies are kind of in the terrible range. Uh, For March 23rd to the 29th, uh, Stop Loss, starring Ryan Phillippe, Abby Cornish, Channing Tatum, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Fine cast. Uh, I never heard of this thing. Uh, It's another movie about Iraq, which Mm. we kept making and people kept not wanting to see them. (laughs) Uh, It's supposed to be pretty good. It's directed by Kimberly Pierce since her follow-up to Boys Don't Cry. Mm. So damn good director and the reviews were all pretty good okay. good-ish you know some of them said like oh it's kind of corny or it's too earnest or something but uh yeah i feel like once we're actually really done with iraq mm-hmm. i think it will be interesting to go back and watch them yeah, it's not exactly pleasant to like yeah it's still revisit things i had no control over it's still fresh it's 10 years and it's still just, uh, yeah. i don't know i don't know uh this still hurts too mm-hmm. uh drake bell leslie nielsen sarah paxton and, uh, and kevin hart oh no and uh Superhero movie. Seven genetically enhanced super dragonflies. There's only six in there. From the makers of Scary Movie and The Naked Gun. No! There we go. Uncle Albert! Rick! How did you do that? It's easier than it looks. Well, I don't think so. Comes the ultimate superhero movie. I think I have superpowers. I can walk on walls. I have super strength, super agility. This is all visual. Fuck oh, this movie. He starts to break dance on the wall instead of just climbing up. Uh... Where do they get off thing from the makers of the Naked Gun? It's got a sucker in there. I, oh, I was right at the end. I didn't see him. Yeah. Yes, and both Weinstein's. We can blame them too. Oh, uh, let's just blame them. Superhero movie. <sighs> I don't know. I hate these fucking movies. I'm it, glad they're gone. They're the police academy of the modern age. At least it's not the the Seltzerberg guys, mm-hmm. the uh, oh, it, the Meet okay. the Spartans dudes. Mm-hmm. It's 
I mean, they're the better of the group doing really shitty parody movies. I'm just I'm just sad this is where Leslie Nielsen went to retire. Yeah. Whatever. I guess well, it's work. he shows up for one day. Does probably is wearing his own clothes. Just, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, but that is superhero movie. By, which, by the way, in 2018, difficult to Google. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot more results than there was back then. Uh, and yeah, let's just move on to the final movie, which is number one at the box office. Jim Sturgis, Lawrence Fishburne, Kate Bosworth, and Kevin Spacey. Ben Campbell was the most gifted student at MIT. I've never had a student as impressive as you. But there were some problems he couldn't solve. $300,000 for school? Where am I going to get that kind of money? Until the day he was given the chance. You have to follow me now. So is this some kind of a math club? You ever studied blackjack? Are you talking about counting cards? As a team? Yes. When? Weekends. Where? Yeah, baby, we're going mm. to Vegas. Uh, 21. We're all not Asian now. <laughs> is this that is, what happened? This is based on a true story. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I thought so. But the professor and a lot of the kids were uh, Asian and they got whitewashed for this movie. Yeah. Which will happen. But they, these, and that's these, bullshit, but these, whatever. These kids ended up taking Vegas for millions. Yeah. Millions by basically stealing the ending from Rain Man. Well, yeah. Counting cards isn't illegal. <laughs> Is it not illegal? No, they just ask you to leave. They still ask you to okay. leave. But it's not actually illegal. Like, I mean, it's not cheating mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. It's like having incredibly good memory and mm. being able to <laughs> do math really fast. Yeah, which are usually good qualities. Usually. Usually. Um, but even when used for evil. But I just I really want to get to this immediately. Oh, God. Let's move to TV of 2008. March 23rd through the 29th, back from the dead. This holiday season, a story that began with the greatest tragedy in television history. We were canceled? That's right, baby. The brainless drones who run the delivery network canceled our license. Yes, I see. Good news, everyone. Those asinine morons who canceled us were themselves fired for incompetence. <laughs> yes, more Futurama. For the, this its first revival mm-hmm. uh, of straight to, and I put this in TV, but it's technically a straight to DVD movie. Right, and that's the part I remember de- being disappointed by. Both this and Family Guy promised a movie. And very clearly gave you three episodes with the lightest of tether between them, but clearly meant to be split up and aired on television eventually. Bender's Big Score was the most guilty of that. Yeah, I feel Mm -hmm. like all the the Futurama ones, Mm -hmm. they definitely work better as a movie. Mm -hmm. They work way better if you just watch it straight through. Mm -hmm. Broken up, it's just not quite... Like, they try to sort of put some connective tissue in there to be like, let's catch you up on the plot that just happened, and uh, here we go. So if you just watch it individually, Mm -hmm. like, you can follow, but it it just plays so much better if you just watch it straight through. I hate when they break them up. I love Futurama, though, goddammit. I do, too, goddammit. I love it. I love Futurama, and I've been predicting everywhere I can... That show is now like it's airing on both Comedy Central and then Sci-Fi Channel is playing it constantly, and yes. I am just predicting it's co- it's going to come back. The voice cast recently reunited for the app. They're writing new content for, like for the voice actors for mm. the app all the time. They're cl- clearly game, and I think exposing it's a good fit for Sci-Fi Channel to play yeah. like fourteen episodes in a row. Of course, I'll check that out. Yeah, I've been watching it. Yeah. Uh, just when I have nothing else to watch, I just end up watching a bunch of Futuramas that, you know, hopefully they're ones that I haven't seen like a dozen times. And then the next day I turn on the TV and it's still on Sci-Fi Channel and I end up like, what the hell is this? But what, what a... F- Some other garbage. I don't f- want to watch this. I love Futurama from the beginning. I think yep. it was like Fox's highest rated premiere. Uh, we'll talk about it, uh, the Talking Simpsons guys. If you're a patron mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, Talking Futurama was... Unlocked, and I joined them to talk about the first episode. Lovely, but just that fascinating story of like Futurama was awesome. People liked it. People tuned in to see it, and they scheduled it up against baseball. Every single time there was a baseball game, that meant you probably didn't get to see Futurama that night, and it just disappeared from the airwaves. It was sacrificial to fucking baseball. So its ratings began to get lower, and then it got canceled, and then it was resurrected by both DVD, because I immediately bought the DVDs, and then Adult Swim kicks off also around the same time, and pays for the reruns for Family Guy and Futurama. They run them constantly, and they both end up being resurrected. Uh, Futurama, this is its first stab at resurrection. Like, four, was it four straight-to-video 
movies, but are basically mm-hmm. like three episodes per DVD. And then I think event- it's four. Is it four? Yeah. Beast of the Billion Backs. Yeah, uh, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite. But a new medium helped give new life to a show studio executives were stupid enough to cancel and I really feel it was such a stupid stupid decision to cancel Futurama yeah so good they just thought oh it's expensive yeah it's like yeah but people like so it so was the stop... Simpsons how much money are you making on yeah. the fucking Simpsons yeah, now yeah stop dicking around then people will watch it more and, and Futurama holds up really well yeah it looks awesome uh, yeah just, just a fantastic show I can't say enough good things about it it was a lot most shows don't get this luxury and it there wasn't Netflix uh, streaming service wasn't saving programs left and right so mm-hmm. like it was nice to see them come back in the only way they thought they could with an eventual Comedy Central uh, two season two seasons was it two seasons of Futurama yes. yeah it's so weird got a weird little history for Futurama but we got it back and I predict we haven't seen the end of it uh, Frisky Dingo concluded on the same day um, yeah a neat little show from the weird folks who gave you uh, C-Lab yep but it's if if you don't mourn the loss, you don't mourn the loss that much if you're an Archer fan. True. Because you got Archer out of this, and Archer might have more episodes than like any animated thing in the last ten years that I know of. I cannot believe how how strong that show is. I I can't believe how behind I am. Like <laughs> I, I have like fifty unwatched Archer episodes. Oh It man. just keeps on coming. It's so good. Coming back soon. Uh, March 26th, Tom and Jerry Tales concludes on the CW. Blech. Do I have to explain every proper noun in that sentence? No. Tom and Jerry were... But this is like a... A tale is a fictional story. <laughs> well, they had to give it a weird moniker because Tom and Jerry had lived on uh, for kids. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is aimed at. But it had lived on with Tom and Jerry kids or the Tom and Jerry movies. They, right. they just do Tommy Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka. So Ugh. they had to give it this designation because, like, no, kids, these are short cartoons with Tom and Jerry, so they're mm. Tom and Jerry tales. But it was the first attempt to do straight-up Tom and Jerry stuff, which launched mm. the careers of Hanna-Barbera. Uh, it's probably the only good cartoon they're involved in. <laughs> uh, but, yes, that was canceled, as was uh, Camp Laszlo took a bow the next day. I don't know what that is at Me all. Me neither, but I'm just do- <laughs> doing my research. Games of 2008, March 23rd to the 29th. On March 24th, Command and Conquer 3, Kane's Wrath. Is that one of the last games? Crisis Core, colon, Final Fantasy VII. One of those weirdo exclusives stuck forever on PSP. If you didn't have a PSP, you don't know what this interquel prequels to Final Fantasy VII is. And uh, Eminem's Kart Racer, which for some reason I have and should probably stream one day. What? The Wii, the Wii created a video game market the likes of which we hadn't seen since the nineteen early 1980s. Just a dumping ground for anybody who could make the most half-ass game in the universe. On March 28th, Dark Sector came out. A game uh, myself and a couple of my friends really, really dug. Uh, kind of shit the bed. Uh, had a long, troubled production era, but I believe it set up the universe people are now enjoying in Warframe. And uh, Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword. Get it? Mm. DS. Yeah, for the DS. The Nintendo DS. Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I remember one of the first things I did at Radar was join Michael for an interview with What's His Nuts, the guy who made that game. Anyway, okay. that's Michael is Diana's husband. Yep. We are rounding. We are rounding the bases. We are almost home, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Thirty Twenty Ten. Maybe tell a friend about the show. Maybe leave a comment on Thirty Twenty Ten dot net. Yeah. Maybe leave a yeah. comment on LazerTimePodcast dot com. Maybe listen to Laser Time Podcast, a show kind of like this with a lot of the same people. Uh, that's topic based. I want to hear some stories from people who saw Beetlejuice when they were like four and uh, are traumatized by it. That, like, if you were a kid and didn't know what you were about to see, how much <laughs> would that have blown your mind? Yeah. So fucking cool. Uh, but yeah, you can check us out there. Uh, I'm Cantista on Twitter. And as always, Diana has to get to the deaths. I uh, didn't find any. No. No. No, a no death famous. Free month. No famous deaths this week. Do we have anything to discuss in the topic of. Oh! Oh, birthday! Oh. Yeah, um, I mean, I wasn't going to do this as a quiz, but we can kind of do this do it, do as a quiz. It, do it. Um, he was born March 29th, 1918. 1918. He's turning 100. He is no longer alive, but his family, because of his business, is worth $170 billion. Whoa. Is this a, not an actor? No, not an actor. Not an actor. No actor has $170 billion. I don't know. What is the richest family in the world? Uh... Well, it's got to be those mustard people, right? Everybody uses mustard. Like, <laughs> like, uh, Mr. Mrs. French, you think? French is mustard. Not Bill Gates. No, nope, uh, nope. Exxon. No. Nope. Uh, Smith & Wesson. No, nope, it's only 100 years old. <sighs> well, it's less than 100 years old. The founder 
is turning 100. Uh, There's one uh, in not in your town, but in the off-ramp right next to the freeway as the highway goes by, but they don't put it in town, and that's why all the businesses are dying in town. What the fuck? Walmart! Walmart! Sam, uh... Sam Walton. Sam Walton. 100th, his centenary wow. this week. Oh, thank you, sir. You ruined everything. Yeah. Uh, in just 100 years. Yeah. Well, Less than 100 years. No, yeah, his goodness. family only owns half of Walmart, and they are worth $170 Jesus billion. And, and Sabs Club. Let's not forget uh, Sabs Club. Sure. Uh, but that is it for us. Where can people find you, Dime? Uh, I guess you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, ListenAnerd. Tweeting about stuff. I haven't tweeted much lately. Maybe I'll tweet me neither. stuff. I don't know. I'll think of something. Me neither. Too busy podcasting. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Stuff moving around, changing around here. So, yeah. Keep them busy. Yeah. Check us out at laserdimepodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and get notified when we launch shows. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to close out with the Western World by Pennywise. We'll see you next week. We are the Trex.